thing. Do you always have an opinion? Are you always joining other people's conversations? I remember that. <laughs> Do you disagree with someone? Then we have a solution for you. Try shutting the fuck up. Scientists have proven that shutting the fuck up when nobody asks for your opinion is the best thing you can ever do. Someone disagreeing with you on Twitter? Shut the fuck up! Someone disagreeing with you on a YouTube video? Shut the fuck up! Seeing people arguing about bullshit, tell them to shut the fuck up! You just don't like something? Shut the fuck up! Knock knock! Who's there? It's shut the fuck up! I get dressed in the morning, I'm triggered. I take a shower, I'm triggered. I get in the car, I'm triggered. SHUT THE FUCK UP! Huh? What's that? Oh, it's nothing, because I told you to shut the fuck up! Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini. How the hell is everybody out there? This is AJ Orsini, and I am your host of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. I am here today with episode 39. Episode 39 here. And holy shit, folks, the wrestling world has lost its fucking mind. There's so much going on this week. So many fucking things. And it's not just the wrestling world. It's me personally as well. The life of AJ Orsini. A lot of shit. A lot of shit. I know I say that shit every week. But seriously, a lot of shit. Guys, listen to the tone of my voice. I'm being super serial right now. A lot of shit has gone down. To the point where I'm just going to have to get right into it, actually. Uh, if you're listening to the episode again, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you have not checked out, because I always pitch the same shit. AJOUM.Pompy.com, obviously, is where you can catch the episodes weekly every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Uh, except for uh, this episode that you're hearing in next week's episode. Because, uh, as I stated on a previous episode, I'm busy as fuck. I'm doing shit. And I don't have time to wait till 9 p.m. As a matter of fact, by the time that shit rolls around, I'm on the road back from my uh, from the pool. So I don't have time uh, today or <laughs> or next week to put this shit up at 9 p.m. It's going to go up a lot sooner than that. Uh, but normally, under normal circumstances, Wednesday 9 p.m. is where you can catch new episodes every week at ajoumnetpodbean.com. And I was going to say earlier that if you haven't had a chance... To check out um, all the other platforms that I'm on, obviously, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, FM, and the newest one, Listen Notes. You can catch the show on any of those apps as well. Uh, but what I was going to say is uh, if you haven't had a chance to catch the interview, I noticed that the interview hasn't gotten the uh, hasn't made the rounds yet. I've been sharing it around. How people have got a chance to read. I, I know who reads it and who doesn't because normally nine times out of ten I'll get some sort of notification or some sort of message from somebody. So if you haven't had a chance to see it just yet, it is still on the uh, on the page, the Facebook page, and the the group for Sydney's Uncensored Mind official Facebook group. You can catch the 
the interview that I did with Listen Notes there. Uh, a lot of shit going down. I, I'm recording this now literally on Wednesday the 20th, and, uh, and I was going to record it yesterday. There was some technical difficulties, not with my usual equipment, but I was trying to record a show on someone else's um, uh, someone else's laptop yesterday, and the laptop did not agree with my equipment at all, in the least, did not agree. So I wasn't able to do it yesterday. So I was a little pissed off uh, in the early afternoon, uh, and then it wasn't what like an hour after the fact where WWE dropped the bombshell. That uh, Big Cass, you know what I'm saying, my man Big Cass over here, uh, has been released, fired, dropped. His career with WWE, as of right now anyway, is kaput. And stunned is a good word. I know a lot of people are saying the words, well, it's not much of a shock. He was kind of Vince's, uh, he was uh, Vince's boy for a while, but then you know he's kind of had an attitude issue. We don't have official word as to why he was released just yet. It's all literally just happened yesterday. We'll know more over time. These things always get out, so we'll we'll probably address this shit again. Uh, but the reasoning that people are giving me, oh, he was Vince's boy for forever, and then he had an attitude change. Him being Vince's boy for forever is the reason why I'm shocked. He he was really big on Big Cass. Uh, the push was there. It, it, it was on the road, and then derailment. Now I don't know. There's a, there's multiple angles you can take with this. The uh, the injury bug has bitten this man a, quite a few fucking times, and I don't know if he has a, a, a you know he's just got this bad taste in his mouth when it comes to pushing guys to the moon and then they break down. You know this has been a very brittle generation, but to be fair, this is actually one of the most hardworking. Hardest working generations that they've ever had in the WWE because their tour, their tour schedule is ridiculous. It is not the normal wrestling tour schedule. I mean, it's not just matches every day. It's matches around the world every day. So these injuries are bound to happen. That's why they're happening more often than not. It's also, in my opinion, why they've been very apprehensive on settling on one guy to really put out there. The one guy they always push the hardest, Roman Reigns, is the guy that kind of split down the middle on the popularity scale. Anywho. You know, and he's hardly ever injured. He's had his fair share of injuries, but he's for the most part, he's always on the road. So for a guy like Big Cass, who was on the good side of the boss, to find himself now future endeavored and back on the indie scene or whatever he plans to do. If I was him, I don't know if I would really be focusing on the indie scene. I know a lot of the people here in my neck of the woods is very excited because, as you guys all know, he's from New York. He's a Queens guy. He trained here in Brooklyn. And uh, there's a lot of folks around this way anticipating maybe uh, he'll be making his way back to, to this area. I, I don't see why he would. You know, seven-footer, former WWE superstar. Uh, there's not a lot of people in this neck of the woods that's going to be able to afford the guy. Uh, so, no, I, I, I'm not that excited about the possibility that he's going to be in this area. Because I actually don't think he'll be here for very long. If he's here at all, you know, I mentioned last week, Enzo Amore or real one, as he's known now, will be making a wrestling appearance. He was making very few of them, but he will be making an appearance here in the New York area. He'll be debuting with House of Glory in uh, in August. 
I'm not entirely sure. Again, there's more details to be released. It just happened yesterday, but I'm going to safely assume that the wording was used properly. He was being released from his contract. I don't know if that means he has a non-compete. If he does, that gives him at least 90 days to figure out what he's going to do. But if not, if he does not have the 90-day compete, do we see, dare I say, a big cast, a real one, reunion down the line which is a lot of people talking about well you know they're they're not speaking or they're not good on personal terms but you know business is business which i agree with business is business you don't like to have you, you don't have to like enzo to make money with him so there's a lot of different directions this could go again this just happened yesterday the wwe has released him officially it was on the wwe website it's been picked up by other news sites as well even as uh even as in-depth as Sports Illustrated. Sports Illustrated has picked it up. They have their own rendition as to why. I don't know if it's true or not because it just seems like speculation. They, 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 they did say that they got it from multiple sources. I don't know what the sources are, but they're saying that uh, they had a, a European tour recently and, and Big Cass had a little bit, of a, little bit uh, too much fun on the tour, got a little bit of the drinky drink in him, and, and uh, he's been kind of a pain in the ass. So the, a lot of people have been down on him there in the WWE for a few weeks now. The situation with the, the little person did not help. You know, for those of you who don't know, leading up to the, uh, was it the Backlash pay-per-view? I, I don't even remember which pay-per-view it was. But the first the first matchup between Big Cass and Daniel Bryan, there was this spot that was supposed to be done on SmackDown where Big Cass would call out Daniel Bryan and then the, a little person would come out. And they were supposed to just be back and forth chatter Cass thought it'd be cool if he beat up the little person. Everyone said no. Vince McMahon, actually, the the agents and the writers all said no. He went to Vince McMahon directly and direct and to kind of undermine them, and he still said no. And then uh, and then he went out there and he did it anyway. So that's kind of where the building blocks were for this. We're not really feeling big Cass right now, and now he's no longer there. So you could point to that. You could point to the drinking if that's really a thing. Uh, again, I I don't know any official word on the drinking. That's the f- I, I would find it amazing that that's the first we've heard of it. Right after his releasing, that all of a sudden something he did a few weeks ago is the reason why. Uh, but but that's that. Big Cass has been released. Uh, we'll see where he winds up. Wish him the best. Guy's a super talented dude. You know, seven footer that moves the way he does and performs the way that he does. You know, when he was in NXT, I. Wasn't the biggest fan of him, but I he grew on me, you know. And he's a New York boy, so I gotta support the brethren, whether 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 I'm fans of them or not. Gotta support the brethren. So that was the big cast of stuff that came out yesterday. Um, I didn't really have, you know, I didn't really have him on the docket here. So, but I wanted to get that out right at the beginning because I don't want to forget about it. It's so new and it's so fresh, and I get going. I don't really want to forget about shit. But uh, but that's the big cast news for yesterday. As for what I wanted to talk about, which was over the weekend, uh, Father's Day weekend. It was Father's Day weekend. I am, of course, a father. For those of you who are new to the show, I am a dad. Uh, my son, little O, his name is Alex. He's three years old. He's a really kick-ass dude. I like him a lot. Like him, I like him enough to keep him in my house, essentially, is where we're at at this point. Because when he was a baby, he was cute and cuddly. Now he's just some guy who pisses and shits and eats in my house. 
Uh, but he's a cool dude, and uh, this is a, a busy week, as, again, some of you should know. If, again, you're new to the podcast, I've been taking swimming classes. I already know how to swim, but it's part of a curriculum that I'm doing for physical education. Uh, had to take the swimming class. And it's a four-week program, and I'm now knee-deep into it. I, I just passed the halfway mark this weekend. So uh, not just the swimming class, but there's a writing course that I have to take. It's writing intensive that I'm taking for summer one. So I've been busy, extremely busy. Every day has been busy. So Father's Day weekend reflected that. Um, We were able to make some time for some stuff. Uh, We went to the movies, uh, which is a no-go with my son. He's way too fucking energetic for the movies. It's too long to be sitting there watching this big screen. But it was his idea to go to the movies, which was a first. He's never pitched going to the movies before. I guess he really wanted to see Incredibles, which is what we went to go see, Incredibles 2. And we took him to the movie theater, and Lord and behold, he actually behaved in the movie theater. We were stunned. Um, He was loud. He hasn't quite got that movie-going etiquette yet. Uh, He didn't freak out. He wasn't breaking shit. He was actually sitting in the chair pretty good. But every time he had a question, it would be like, everybody would be be in the movie theater like this. And and everybody would be watching and, you know, going back and forth to each other. And all of a sudden, my son would go, what is Violet doing? And we're like, dude, seriously, shush. We had to shush him a few times. It reminded me of that Austin Powers skit where they were like, you know, with the ball. I got a whole bag of shush with your name on it. Shush. We were trying to shut his ass up because he kept fucking talking. Uh, after a while, he gave up with the talking because we just shushed him so much. He just said fuck it and tapped out and just did whatever he was going to do. But, yeah, we did that. Uh, we took uh, my son to an indoor playground. It was really good. We went out. I got a big, fat, juicy steak um, because that's what dads do. Um, I did not get the stoke. I thought I would get a cigar. I did not, but that's fine. I can get a cigar any time. But, uh, you know, it, it and, and those were the fun things that we did. Unfortunately, we also had to spend time doing stuff in the house. We did some laundry and, uh, and my school stuff. So we made it work, baby. We made it work. It was still a fun time. I got a chance to spend time with my family. So that's that's the way I think Father's Day should be spent. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, a lot of people were shocked that I spent the whole time with my family. I don't understand that logic at all. Why the fuck would I not spend Father's Day with my family? It's a celebration of me being a dad. Why would that, the one day of the year where I'm supposed to celebrate being a father, why would I spend that day not being a father? I don't understand how that works. I got criticized (laughs) by people. It's like, dude, this is your one chance to get away. No, dude, I have many chances to get away. This is the one day where I'm supposed to be here. That logic is ass backwards. And I got this from other dads. It's like, nah, dude, Father's Day, I, I did this and I did that. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. They were like, well, my wife gave me the day. I was able to go and do whatever I wanted. Like like a play date. He was given a play date, which is cute. I love when these dudes do that shit. My wife said it's okay. I can go. Your, my, your wife said it's okay, dude. Fucking go. What's the matter with you? What happened to your ball ass? Seriously, I got to straighten some of these fucking dudes out. I got to have a sit down. We have to have a fucking dad conference. Not dad. I'm sorry. That goes beyond dad. Husband. That's a husband thing. We got to have a fucking husband conference and, and get some of these new age motherfuckers on, on board with this. I don't understand that thought process. That's a rant for another day. We were actually talking about doing something like that involving with relationships, guy. Because I got to straighten some of you fuckers out. 
I've been doing this shit for 15 fucking years with with her. I was doing this shit with uh, other bitches before her. So I tell you, there's a groundwork here and I can help you. I really can. Cause some of you motherfuckers are bringing tears to my fucking eyes. It's disgusting. The shit that I'm seeing. But I had a fun Father's Day. And we did see Incredibles 2, which I have to comment on because I was actually very, 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 very surprised. Uh, I'm a big fan of the first one. I'm a big fan of the first Incredibles. I loved it. The minute I saw it, the storytelling with the animation, it was great. It was a great combination. And 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 just like everybody else, I wanted a fucking sequel so fucking bad. And we didn't get one for a long fucking time. It took 12 years to get this. It took so fucking long, in fact... Now, for those of you who don't know, if you haven't seen it yet, they give you a little, a little behind-the-scenes things uh, before the movie plays, where they have like the cast and the director come out, and they're just like, "Well, you know how hard it is to make an animated film," and they start going through all this shit about the process to make it, and they're like, oh, "Sorry, it took so long." I'm like, "Get the fuck out of it!" You know how many fucking animated films had sequels in the 12 years in which you've been sitting on your fucking ass? Don't give me a fucking video about how hard it is to make fucking animated films. Of course, I. Joe Average over here knows that it's a difficult process to make a fucking animated film, but you motherfuckers over in Hollywood make this shit all the fucking time. So don't fucking tell me you had time to make a short too. That fucking Bow thing or Bilal or or Colin Powell or whatever the fuck that animated shit was uh, with the with the Asian lady and the dumpling and the raising it was all a metaphor for her fucking shitty son and yada yada yada. I was like, come on, dude. You had plenty of fucking time to put this shit together. Don't give me that bullshit about it's hard to make an animated... Fuck you! A lot of people have made fucking animated films in the 12 years it took you to make your goddamn film. Don't give me that bullshit excuse. This movie should have been made a long fucking time ago. And then you give me a movie, finally, after 12 fucking years, you pick up right where the Mole Man was. There's no... There's been no fucking time elapsed whatsoever. That's stupid. I didn't like that part. It, 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 it chimed right back into what happened. It was a straight-up continuation, which made zero sense. They gave me the fucking Simpsons excuse, where they wanted to try to keep the kids young and keep it still a young family. Fuck off. If you wanted to keep that vibe, you wouldn't have waited 12 goddamn years. I was 23 when that movie came out. I wasn't even, I wasn't even in the process of trying to make babies. I am a dad now. My world is different than it was 12 years ago. You can't continue on from where the fuck you are. That makes zero sense. I hate movies that do that shit. It bothers me. I need the time to fucking elapse. It makes sense this way. My brain can figure it out. It's like, at this point, it just becomes a memory. So I didn't like that part. As far as the movie itself, it was a great fucking movie. They, they wrote everything out really well. I love the way they used Elastigirl in this movie. It was really fun. It was actually really fun. My son was into it. It was a good time. The things that I just barked about right now, which is, it's nitpicking. It's just, it's just old man screaming at the cloud shit. But still, elapse the fucking time, please. And don't, and stop giving me bullshit excuses. Don't, don't preface your fucking movie by trying to tell me how fucking hard it was to make it. Because that's garbage. I want nothing to do with that shit. Stop. Okay? There's a couple of other points here. Most of this stuff, by the way, is just bitching. It's, it's it's just bitching on my part. But we're going to go into WWE Money, Money in the Bank for just a quick second and the, and the Money in the Bank weekend. That's how we're going to transition into the bitching stuff. Because I got some bitching that I want to take care of here. 
But let's get to the facts of the case first. Let's talk about WWE Money in the Bank that took place this past Sunday at Chicago, Illinois. The two briefcases have been assigned. Unfortunately, only one of them still exists. Yes, that's correct. One of the Money in the Bank competitors cashed in the same night that it was won. Alexa Bliss won the Women's Money in the Bank Ladder Match 2018 version. She became Ms. Money in the Bank, and she didn't. And it's a good thing that she uh, won the briefcase and she cashed it in immediately. It's a good thing because I don't know how that works with her frame and traveling and carrying that big ass briefcase around for forever. She had no designs to hold on to that shit for very long, and that's fine. Because to be honest with you, Carmella held it for 200 and something days. They gave me the record not too long ago. That was too fucking long. By the end of it, no one gave a shit about it. Seriously, it did more damage than it did good. So it was cool that Alexa was able to cash in right away. And she did so. She cashed in a few matches later. Nia and Ronda are literally beating the shit out of each other. In a match that had no business being as good as it did. Or as good as it was. And Alexa had his all befuddled she came out is she cashing in is she not cashing in she looked apprehensive she looked confident she was all over the place but then the bell rang bell rang and she hit a a, a ddt which looks weird she's like 10 pounds the woman she's wrestling is like 270 pounds and she hits a ddt and like i said she weighs like a feather and then she goes to the top rope twisted bliss which is this weird side moonsault thingy that she does. She lands on her and she pins her. Now, look, I get it. Twisted Bliss is one of her moves. It's been one of her moves for a long time, pretty much since the debut. It's a nice flashy move. I get it. But she doesn't weigh anything. That was the equivalent of like when you're horse playing with your nephew or your or your little son, and he's like a baby and he's like 20 pounds and he. So he jumps off the couch while you're laying on the ground and just hops on you. It's, it's playful, you know? And if your thing is, is, well, Nia just went through this whole match with Ronda. I mean, sure, if that's if that's how you want to spin this. But I, I just, it, I don't like when the game plan doesn't adjust. When Alexa Bliss hits that move on Sasha or Bailey or something like that, it makes sense. They're almost equivalent in size, especially Sasha Banks. I don't see how Sasha Banks doesn't get her discs and her back just destroyed every bump she takes. She's the most frail-looking thing I have literally ever seen. And she's a pro wrestler. God bless her. But the body is supposed to be built to take some of these blows. If If you're not... You know, the kind of person that's husky or has some, some fat or some, some muscle or some build to the bones, that's dangerous stuff. And it also doesn't, and it works the other way creatively. It doesn't really make the finish look all that convincing because that to me looked weak. And I've said it before. It, it, I would, as a heel, you had the, a lot of options here to make that cash in look and feel a little bit more believable now she did use the briefcase but again look who's swinging the briefcase she's like 60 pounds it's like being beat with a nerf bat by a child what what is that doing how did naya the monster just not swat that shit off and just beat the shit out of her (sighs) she cashed in on naya jacks she wins the WWE Women's Championship. Now, from what I understand, because the match was in progress, because what didn't get what I didn't get was is that they 
She catches in. She pins her. They ring the bell. The match itself is over. As far as thinking about it, I think it was a lot like the Seth Rollins situation where the cash-in made it a triple threat. That's why the bell rang. I don't know if you were confused about that, but I was a little confused at the moment. But then I started thinking about it. It's a lot like with Seth Rollins and WrestleMania and the cash-in. When you cash in mid-match, it doesn't eliminate the other match or null it out. It just becomes a three-way at that point in which Alexa Bliss won by pinning Nia Jax, which leaves Ronda Rousey with no championship but also no loss. I mean, on the books, she'll go down with a defeat. But she was not pinned. She was not made to submit. So she's got a she's got a streak going here. They did it right the next night, Monday Night Raw. They did more on Monday Night Raw to make Ronda look like a badass than they have done literally this entire time, which is good because she needed that. And if they're building towards an eventual Alexa Bliss, Ronda Rousey situation, I'm going to love. I am going to love to see how you creatively figure out a way to make Alexa Bliss Look like she's on the same fucking page with Ronda Rousey. That was another thing I didn't like about Ronda and Nia. You're putting the biggest gun you have, the most realistic person you have, so early against Ronda. You're supposed to build to that shit, man. You gotta build to that. It's the 200 plus pound. Like they said on the pay-per-view, Ronda's never faced a woman of this size before in a competitive atmosphere. That's right. That's why she should have beaten the shit out of these other women. Anyhow, that was the women's money in the bank. Alexa Bliss walks away with the WWE Raw Women's Champion. On the men's side, we found out that Kofi Kingston would be representing the New Day as the eighth member of the men's ladder match. And now, and 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 for those of you who had your shock faces on, I did say at the last podcast, last episode, that I thought it would be Kofi. Because of all the uh, the rumors about trying to get a push and all that stuff, uh, but I did say it would that part was not official. I said if they do, if they do select Kofi, that they would be appeasing to the rumors. But you know, I I didn't think it'd lead to a main event push. I didn't think it'd lead to a, a championship opportunity. I said that last week. I said they would choose Kofi, but the only people really excited about the fact that they would choose Kofi is Kofi. Because there's not a whole lot of people trying, trying to advocate that this guy should be on top of the car. Because that's not what that that's not what that means. That's not what that is. Kofi Kingston will never be the WWE champion. I have been saying that for years. Now I have a podcast where I can say it, so it's official, and people can listen to it and point to it and download it and, and try to rub it in my face. You are more than welcome to do that. Episode thirty nine, about twenty five minutes in, or Cindy said it again. That guy will never be the WWE champion, ever, because that's not what he's built to be. He's not a main guy. He's not a top guy. He is not in a main event picture guy. He's never been that. So the fact that Xavier and Biggie keep pushing this agenda on trying to get him pushed up to the top spot, it's not going anywhere. That was a wasted opportunity because you know who could reach that top spot? Biggie. Biggie is going to be the New Day member that goes to the top. That was an opportunity there to tease that. They wasted it. They got it right the next time when they included Biggie in that gauntlet match to determine the number one contender to the WWE Championship. That was what was supposed to happen on Sunday, not Tuesday. That's the guy that we should be focusing on. Not Kofi Kingston. Has had a shot. 
He's been here for what? Since 2005, roughly. So about, what, 13 years? Close to? Stop. Just stop. No more with this Kofi Kingston shit. Please stop. Okay? So the Money in the Bank took place. Eight competitors. And Braun Strowman walked away with the Money in the, brief, the, money in the Bank briefcase. I had selected Samoa Joe because I thought Samoa Joe was the guy who needed it the most. I stand by that. Braun Strowman does not need the Money in the Bank briefcase. However, however, the way that this was built up, the way that this match was set up about how much of a monster Braun Strowman is and trying to get everybody to gang up against him and all that stuff, and then he eventually just wins. It did do a lot for him. I'm not going to take away. I'm not going to take that away. The Money in the Bank briefcase did a lot for him uh, with the badassery and making him look a little bit more menacing than he was before there. Doing a very good job of building Braun back up for Lesnar, considering they dropped the ball hard after that one-on-one with Braun and Lesnar the first time around. This time around, we'll see how that goes. And now Braun Strowman is that dark, looming character over the WWE Universal Championship, considering that he's got the briefcase now. And that should be that should make for interesting TV, I believe. That should make for interesting TV. We're going to see where that goes. I thought that was good. The uh, last man standing match, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura, I told you, I told you, this is the second match in a row where I told you it was going to be a punch or a kick to the dick that was going to do one of these men in. And sure enough, AJ Styles retains the WWE Championship after a swift kick to the Bobolitos. His Frankenbeans, if you will. AJ Styles kicked one, laces out, straight up through the uprights, and keeps his WWE Championship. And like I just mentioned earlier this past Tuesday, yesterday as a matter of fact, they had a gauntlet match to determine who would be the next number one contender because it's about time that we had a new number one contender. They have taken, and I don't know if this was by design. I don't know if this was a the ultimate troll I guess you could say, from the WWE to certain audiences. But this feud between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura was the shits. Was the shits. Now, to be fair, Shinsuke has been involved in a lot of shitty things on the main roster, which has people talking. And it's got people trying to they're scratching their head trying to figure this out and i think the end result i think people are going to have to start facing this reality shinsuke does not fit on the main roster and the reason why he doesn't fit to the main roster is because the audience on the main roster doesn't know how to take this guy i don't think they really do i think they like the engines i think they like the swag i think they like the 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 body movement the matches they're not into it they're not they're not that interested. Now, when people say, oh, he gets pops all the time. Listen, a pop here, a pop there, that's not that's not doing it. The matches that he had in NXT, I think, were awesome. But I think, again, it was in front. When you are when you wrestle in NXT, you wrestle in front of that indie IWC crowd. And that's where he fits. He fits in front of that audience. Rabid, stiff style, just straight out pro wrestler. Entertainer, the artist. All that garbage they give us on SmackDown, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a big Shinsuke guy. I love him. 
but it's not working out. And now that this feud's over, and I said it last week, I said it last week, I told you, if he does not win the WWE Championship Money in the Bank, I don't think he ever wins it. That was it. That was his feud. That was his guy. That was his setup. That was exactly the situation you wanted Shinsuke in to become champion, and it did not happen, which means they see him as a top guy. They see him as a draw for certain audiences, but they don't see him as champion. It's a fact. It's a sad fact because I think he could be a very good one. I think he'd bring a lot of prestige to that championship. I think he'd bring nice history that, to that championship, but they don't see that. So that's your money in the bank stuff. And I got to talk a little bit about the takeover. I got to talk a little bit about the takeover. NXT TakeOver, okay, was a phenomenal show. If I have to choose between the takeover or Money in the Bank, which one was the better show? I personally would lean toward the takeover. Having said that, it really is apples and oranges because the two shows are trying to accomplish kind of two different things. And they're trying to accomplish those things two different types of ways. So it's hard to really compare the two. But the TakeOver show was absolutely amazing. They burnt they burnt that whole crowd out in the first match with Orny Lorcan. What happened there? O- Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Uh, loved the matching gear with the flags. Very best of the best of them. Uh, against the Undisputed Era of Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. Great tag team match. Followed by the Dream and Ricochet, which was also a great match. The ladies had a great match. I, I thought all the matches were great, but I'm going to say great a lot here because I thought the ladies had a great match. Their storytelling was great. I love Nikki. I love everything she does. That is one thick-ass white lady, let me tell you. I love me some Nikki Cross. My goodness, those hips and thighs and that crazy-ass gimmick. Woo. Anywho, cold shower time. All right. Now, and then we went from there to Aleister Black and Lars Sullivan. Yes, there was a miscommunication in that match. I am not going to try to shy away from that. But otherwise, dope match. And then, of course, your main event, Gargano and Champa. Gargano and Champa clearly had the best match of the entire night. They deserved to be the main event. But I was having a conversation, and this is where the ball gets rolling with the bitching. I had a conversation with a buddy of mine. We're talking online. And I was making a joke about the star system because the star system is a joke. And I was just, you know, having fun with that. And I gave him, I gave, uh, what was it, uh, 39 stars here, 32 stars there. You know, trying to keep it realistic. Gave Gargano and Champa a thousand stars. Yeah, the whole star system is just, it's, it's a new form of retardation. It really is. But I was having a conversation, and even in the joke, I kind of rated the matches kind of in order of the way that I liked them. So there was kind of like some realness to it, even though it was a joke. And I had the Lars Sullivan Alistair Black match higher than I had Dream and Ricochet. And a buddy of mine took me to task and said, how could you possibly give them more stars than Ricochet and Dream? It was a far better match. I don't believe that it was. I thought, per the goals in mind, that Aleister Black and Lars had a much better match than Ricochet and Dream. I believe that. And the reason why I believe that is because Dream and Ricochet had a particular goal to get in mind. And Aleister and Lars 
had a particular goal in mind. Ricochet and Dream was going to be a good match. It's very similar style, and uh, Dream's not the high flyer that Ricochet is, but Ricochet's not the high flyer that Ricochet is in NXT. They have slowed his ass to almost a grounding halt. He still does some cool moves, you know, but, you know, the, the, the suplex spot where he does the roll through and turns it into a suplex and obviously the 630 finish and he pulled out a shooting star press at the takeover. So they're giving him his moments, but for the most part, he is, he. I mean, if the guy had 10 gears, he'd be on his third or fourth gear right now. They have slowed him down almost to a halt, which is a good thing. I'm not complaining. He needs to be like that. But the Dream and Ricochet kind of, you know, it was kind of a tailor-made match for each other. I, The expectation to me, and I think for everybody else, was that Ricochet and Dream was going to have a good match. I don't think everybody was on board with the idea that Black and Lars would. Again, Black, much different style from Lars. Lars is about as old school a performer as it gets. It's like a smaller Andre fused with a George the Animal Steel kind of look and feel. And it's a different vibe. It's a different match. And sometimes when you have one of these new school strikers, spot fest guys against an old school brawler, troll, monster heel type characters, you have what I like to call a clusterfuckerino, my friend. But that was not the case here. They blended very well considering... And uh, and I thought they had a dope match considering how different these two really were, not just in style, but in 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 uh, in in ring ability and in ring generalship. Yes, there was that black mass miscommunication, but the fact that the black mass was such a focal point, and he and and he would attempt it, and and then Lars would catch it, and he would sell it like like a fly. You know, he would he took his best move from him which forced Black to become more uh, dimensional than just the one strike, the one kick. He had to pull out some other stuff, and they got creative, and I I was more entertained by that match than I was Dreaming Ricochet. Not to say that Dreaming Ricochet didn't entertain me. Obviously, it was a really dope match. I thought all the matches on TakeOver were, were awesome. I just leaned toward one more than the other, that's all. And as far as storytelling goes, Gargano and Champa, my God. My God, Gargano and Champa. I love you guys. I really do. It's dope what you guys do. That's a hell of a fucking story. It really is. That's a hell of a fucking story you guys told. The wedding ring was my favorite spot. That was it. I felt that shit to my nethers. I really did. Champa is, is the best heel in the business right now. There are no other heels in this business right now like Champa. None. Because it's really hard to do. It's really hard. To be a true heel and a true baby face in this world. So there's another topic here I have uh, uh, I've got a hit on here because it, it caused a full day's worth of discussion. Literally a full day. I when I go on social media, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't post things to go viral like specifically like please share this and make it go viral. I'm not one of those people. I I use the social media to get thoughts and whatever's on my mind out there and if it goes it goes if it doesn't it doesn't i don't really care i'm not gonna lie and say that there aren't a few things that i share on the hopes that it'll get picked up uh and sometimes i do and sometimes i don't but for the most part when it comes to my own inner emotional rants or thoughts or anything like that i just kind of put it out there just to see what would happen and, and to see where 
things go and if people agree or even more importantly, this is the important part, if people disagree. Okay? So I put something up the other day concerning uh, WWE fan bashing. For some oddball reason, there's this inner civil war taking place amongst wrestling fans. Either you like the WWE or you don't like the WWE. Either way, that's fine. You can not like and you can like the WWE. But there seems to be this system of things, this bashing that goes back and forth. And quite frankly, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me to sit here and bash each other. And so uh, I, I put out a post basically saying that uh, just because you don't like what the WWE does and what the WWE is doing does not mean that because you don't like it that everybody else has to jump on board and also not like it and also you know has to follow the tune to what you like and what you dislike there are a lot of people believe it or not you may not agree with this but there are a lot of people who do like the WWE product they like what they do and I, I do. I'm one of those people. I do like what they do from time to time. I don't agree with everything, but for the most part, I enjoy the product. That's why I still watch. I still watch Raw. I still watch SmackDown. I watch the pay-per-views. I watch you know NXT. I watch the network shows. I, I, I watch. This is where I get majority of my wrestling from. It's from the WWE. That's why I love the fact that the WWE is branching out. Okay, we've got the NXT brand, now we've got NXT UK, which I will get to toward the end of this, and and we're getting all of these indie talents in, and we're they're truly becoming a global brand, which I love the fact, because now I get to, there are people who are being hired right now, who are being seen right now, that I probably wouldn't really get the chance to really see that often, uh, with uh, without the WWE doing so. Yeah, there's YouTube and there's clips and there's DVDs and stuff. You can find it if you want to. But I'm amongst those fans. I'm sorry. I, I don't have the time to sit here and carouse the internet looking for a guy who may or may not be that great. And I like the fact that it's convenient. The DVR, the network, all these different things that I'm incorporating what pe other people do into what I do. It fits perfectly. So it, it, there are a lot of people out there who dig the product, who dig the company. And for some overall reason, there's this new movement. I w I'm going to say new. It doesn't feel new per se, but you know, there's always been sections where, oh, I'm a WCW guy, but I'm not a WWE guy. Or I'm an ECW guy, but I'm not. And I don't like any of the big two. You know, I'm, a, I'm an ECW guy. But even in those days, you could find guys on the other side that you were just like, man, I'd love for him to be an ECW guy or I'd love for him to be a WWE guy. Like There was always some modicum of respect. There doesn't seem to be any of that shit now. It's either like you like the WWE and the other stuff is garbage. It goes both ways. Or, or the other way, where it's like, oh, I'm a New Japan guy. The WWE is trash. There's nothing about the WWE that I like. Uh, it's a garbage promotion that puts out garbage product. I don't believe in any of that. I like all of the above. I have my dislikes about all of the above. Okay, I'm I'm kind of in the middle on all of it, to be honest with you. But this thought process that just and, and there were a lot of responses, a lot of responses, and people were coming back. And for the most part, I have to actually say I'm pretty surprised that it stayed as civil as it did. There weren't really too many. Actually, I can't really recall any situation where somebody was just like "fuck you," no "fuck you," no "fuck you," guy, "fuck you," buddy. Like from South Park, you know, "fuck you," buddy, no "fuck you," pal. I'm not your buddy, pal. I'm not your pal, friend. I'm not your friend, buddy. There wasn't any of that shit going on. So it was a pretty civil discussion, and I'm glad that it was because at the end of the day, you're not going to change my mind on this. I don't really give a fuck. If you're going to sit here and tell me, because that's where it got, 
you can get frustrated over things, you and 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 but eventually you have to let shit go because it's internet conversation. It's not like the motherfucker sitting in front of you; otherwise, you slap the shit out of him. But you have to have the conversation at least. And for you to be able to sit there and tell me, well, well like for instance, I would have really uh, the, the post before that also was the beach balls. I don't like the fucking beach balls, and that goes to that's how really everything got started. The ball got rolling from the beach balls. The bashing the WWE thing kind of snowballed from that or became part of the snowball from that but i didn't like the beach balls because i think it's disrespectful and i think it's disgusting and i think you're a piece of shit if you bring a beach ball to a wrestling event end of story you're not going to change my mind on that the thought process of well it's just a beach ball okay well if it's just a beach ball and it's minuscule and it means nothing leave it the fuck home there shouldn't be a problem if the beach ball is that small a deal Leave it the fuck home. And don't tell me, and I got a lot of excuses from people, and they're, and they're all the excuses are bullshit. There's zero reason for it, just none. It's illogical and it makes zero sense. None of it. The whole beach ball thing was bullshit. It, and people, the biggest one that people will throw at you, well, if the product was better, if the product was better, you wouldn't play with a beach ball? How fucking stupid do you sound right now? You know how many fucking things you can do in life in 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 instead of doing something that you don't want to do a fucking beach ball well if the product was better and it kept my interest i wouldn't play with the beach ball that's the stupidest fucking thing i've ever heard one of there's a lot of things <laughs> i'm blessed to have been uh, uh been around some pretty stupid people in my life but that's definitely one of the stupidest things i've ever heard and the, and it doesn't even make sense first of all you shouldn't have the beach ball period you shouldn't even have the beach ball, let alone be sitting here contemplating whether or not you should blow air into it and then pop it into the audience. It doesn't. You brought the beach ball in there to be a dick and a douchebag. That's what you did. You thought it would be funny. You thought it would be cute. You were hoping it'd make camera so you can tell people, look at me. That's what I did. I did the fucking beach ball. I'm part of the show. That's what it comes down to. You want to be part of the show. It doesn't have a goddamn thing to do with the quality of the show because you didn't know the show was going to be shit before you got there. And if you did, and you if you did think the show was going to be shit before you got there, and you went, you're a fucking moron. Why the fuck would you go? Seriously, who sits at the house and tells themselves, you know, in case this show is shitty, I might want to stop at CVS and get a fucking beach ball. I've never heard anyone logically say those fucking words. Ever. It makes zero sense. Zero sense to me. It makes zero sense to me. Why would you say those things? Why would you do those things? None of that shit makes any sense. The beach ball is ridiculous and it's stupid. And then that's when the conversation got started. Well, you don't see any beach balls in New Japan. You don't see any beach balls uh, at NXT. You, like this past weekend, you didn't see any beach balls over at NXT TakeOver. No, because the people who attend those events are wrestling fans. And wrestling fans tend to have fucking respect for wrestling. It's the fucking casuals, the dickheads. The people who, who came to the fucking show just because their buddy was there or because it was a big pay-per-view and they heard it was the shit or whatever the fucking case. You know, those are the people who bring the beach balls to wrestling events are the same fuckers who go to baseball games and try to start the wave. Who the f what grown fucking person wants to do a fucking wave? Seriously, I've never understood it. As a child, I didn't understand that. As a child, I would look at the wave and say, that's fucking stupid. All of us are going to get up in one foul. I don't even want to get up, dude. I got beverage. I got hot dog. I got shit going on over here. You want me to get up and participate in this gigantic waste of time? 
I came up. I paid money to see the fucking ball game, not to stand up and do a fucking wave. Same deal with the wrestling event. I came to see wrestling. I don't want to play with a fucking beach ball, let alone the beach ball I didn't bring in here. I can't even imagine sitting there, sitting next to the guy who's blowing up the beach ball. Seriously, he pulls his shit out of his pocket and he's just hawking air into it. And wee just bounces the ball into the air. You're a fucking maroon. You're an idiot. A buffoon of large, large quantities. Dumb. It's just dumb. And that's when the whole conversation got started about the whole New Japan, Ring of Honor, indie wrestling versus WWE bullshit. Because that's what it is. Bullshit. It's all wrestling. All of it is. You can use the excuse, well, WWE doesn't call it wrestling anymore. They call it sports entertainment. It's wrestling. There's a fucking ring. People are wearing gear. They're taking fucking bumps. It's wrestling. They're dressing it up for the State Athletic Commission. Don't get worked. Okay? Don't get worked on that. Don't sit here and try to play yourself into believing that the WWE is different from everything else. It isn't. All of the people who are on the indies, all of the people who are in Ring of Honor, all the people who are in New Japan, everywhere on the planet wants to be in the WWE at some point in time. End of fucking story. Even your precious Omegas and Bucks will be there, I promise you. Everyone will go because it's the place to fucking be. If you want to make the big money, if you want to put the kind of money away that will set you for life, that's the place you need to fucking work. So let's leave the idea alone that these fucking people, that the workers, don't want to be in the WWE and that's why you support him. I support him because he doesn't want to be a WWE guy. No. That's not what's happening. If they haven't gone, it's either because they don't the WWE does not want them or because the WWE has not been able to put enough money on the table for them, i.e. in Omega and a Young Buck. They don't see, the WWE does not see, did, or did not, I should say, did not see them as the commodities that they were until the all-in thing. Now, I can promise you, the money will be on the table. No NXT bullshit. They'll bring them right in. And it's going to happen, I promise you. I'm going to call it here right now. The Bucks and Omega will eventually all be in the WWE. Why? Because everyone fucking goes. Why? Because it's the fucking NBA. It's the NFL. It's Major League Baseball. It's the place you're supposed to want to go. Nobody on the Indies wants to stay on the Indies. I promise you. I have been in a lot of locker rooms with a lot of professional wrestlers, and I'm telling you right now, if Vince McMahon, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, shit, if Bruce Pritchard called them right now, they would cancel all their fucking bookings in a second. They'd leave you high and dry in a millisecond. Why? That's the call up. That's the place to go. It's where you're supposed to be. This logic, this idea that it's better for these gentlemen to be scraping by and barely feeding their families and barely paying rent because the, the indie fans respects them so goddamn much is dumb. It's the worst kind of business model in the world. And the funny shit is, is the same fan that will criticize you for not fucking taking the money would take the money. Nine times out of a hundred, nine times out of ten, baby, they take the fucking money. They don't want you to fucking take the money, but they would take the fucking money. That's how that's, and that's why people, that's why people go. Because eventually, it's all bullshit. Now, on the fan end of it, this whole bashing the WWE, uh, any fan that, that watches the WWE, they're not real wrestling fans. Go fuck yourself. They are wrestling fans. There were that probably more wrestling fans than you, because these WWE tickets are not fucking cheap. This merch ain't cheap, and we got kids out here rocking three different sets. 
John Cena's shirt, Kevin Owens hat, the 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 the, the chains and the armbands and the, all kinds of shit, the hoodies, all kinds of shit going on. They got people buying. You know how much a front row ticket? I, I've seen people bitch about indie shows that had like forty dollar front row, thirty dollar second row, twenty five general admission. I would see people bitch forty dollar front row. Yeah, okay. You know how much a front row ticket of the WWE? That's like that's uh, we're talking about hundreds, possibly thousands if you're going to a pay per view. And these people pay it happily. These buildings are full, dude. Not all the time, but no building is full all the time anymore. None. This is this is this is the part that makes me laugh too, because it's like it, the the conception of it is so weird. Everyone went online and praised All In. They sold 10,000 tickets. 10,000 tickets for All In for an indie show. That's awesome. That's great. It's record setting. WWE does 10,000 in its sleep. In its sleep, it naps and gets 10,000 people. They're doing a stadium show coming up. Actually, they've done how many stadium shows so far? They did They did WrestleMania. They did uh, the Saudi Arabia show. They're going to Australia now to fill up. That's business. That's box office. That's keeping the business going. And you want to bash the WWE because of its product, but then you'll praise NXT, right? The WWE is the shits, but you'll praise NXT, which is the same fucking product. It's all under the same goddamn umbrella. One is just being treated in the different uh, than the other. It's being treated different than the other, and that's the part I think that really fucks with these anti WWE people. That's the part I don't really think. That these anti wrestling, these anti WWE wrestling fans really hate the WWE. I think they hate the fact that the easy stuff is being treated differently from the harder stuff. And what I mean by that is that the network is nine ninety nine. Not everybody wants to pay ninety nine for wrestling, and I get that. I understand that. At least not monthly. That adds the fuck up. Ten dollars a month for a month. That's one hundred and twenty dollars plus tax a year, where that which is being led to to giving. Uh, service to the wwe network if you don't have that kind of cash i can completely understand that so what you do is you try to pay attention to the wwe product through raw and smackdown and when raw and smackdown is being booked as shit but the nxt product and all these uh, all the other programs that they have on the network is being treated so greatly it pisses people off they see the way nxt gets booked and they say why can't my main roster stuff be booked like that if they booked the NXT, uh, the WWE product, the, the 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 main product, the Raw and SmackDown stuff, the way they booked NXT, would these people still be hating the WWE? Maybe, maybe not. But there's a fucking reason why we can't book the main roster shit the way we do NXT. Can't you understand that? Can't you see what they're fucking doing? You bitched for years that Raw and SmackDown was boring. That you hated it. That you wanted your guys. You wanted your guys to be hired so that you can see them. And they gave you a brand that did that. That's the whole purpose of NXT. It was to give you your style of wrestling on a bigger stage. Not much bigger, but a bigger stage with better production and better coaching. You take the best talents in the world. You give them the best teachers on the planet. You're going to get a really good product. You're going to get fucking NXT the way that it is. And when fans see that, they say, see, look, it works. That is great. You should do this all the time. But they can't. You know why? Open your ears. This is the tough part. Not everybody likes that bullshit. Ta-da. Surprise. Not everybody likes the shit that you like. 
Not everybody likes five-star matches. Not everybody likes the flippy-doos. Not everybody likes the strong style. Not everybody likes the shit that you like. And that's what happens. The WWE main roster has to appease multiple genres of entertainment, multiple ages of fans of different cultures, of different languages. They have to provide a product that will get the most out of everything. If you just ran straight up wrestling shows, you'd get you'd get a, a, a large amount of people. There's no doubt about it, but your numbers would dip. Because again, not everybody digs it. Not everybody likes what you like. That's the problem. It's me, me, me. Do what I want. Show me what I like. But the problem is, is that when you say that, in a sea of a million people, how is that possible to appease? You may like A, but 999,999 other people might like the other. Who should be appeased, you or the other? And I think that's the problem. I think, I think that's part of the problem, I should say. I still think the NXT thing is, is the big problem. But that attributes it to, that's attributing to it. You don't see outside of your own bubble. You don't see outside of your own blinders. And that's what you have on. Blinders. It's all about entertain me. And that's fine. Truthfully, it's the way that it's always been. But now with Twitter and Facebook and social media, that voice can be heard. That voice can be heard. And that, and that, and, and that hurts. That hurts the product. It doesn't help. Having this many people shout... All different things, mind you. It hurts. It's the same way this the way that this country feels right now with the political landscape. No one's on the same page. Oh, this country is, is divided is is more divided now than it's ever been. Incorrect. It's always been divided. This country has never been on the same page. We just have a forum where we can all sit down on our phones and take a look at it and see it every day. That's the only difference. And that's what that's where the wrestling business is. It's never ever been different than it is right now. The people who grew up watching Bruno San Martino and, and Lou Fez and Buddy Rogers, they didn't like the Hogan Savage era. The people who grew up with the Hogan Savage stuff, they weren't fans of the Attitude Era. And judging by Twitter and Facebook right now, the Attitude Era fans, they're not fans of the PG era. That's the way that it always is. The only problem now is that we have the social media uh, platforms and now everyone sees it. And now they see it every day. Every day. Every day. And it gets fucking tiring. That's why I tell people, you have to ignore it. Otherwise, you'd go fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. And I'm a part of another camp. Since I'm ranting and raving right now, let's get this off my chest too. I'm in another camp. Okay, because when you're when you're arguing the fact that the WWE is trash and you start laying out all this garbage in front of me in particular or people like me who have been doing this for years, you have to know. You have to know. And if you don't, I'll spill the beans to you now. Okay, we're laughing at you when you say this shit. We really are. A lot of the people who've been in this business for a while, when we see you guys post this shit on, on social media, we're laughing. I know you feel strongly about it because you're posting it up and you're letting everybody see your thoughts and this is the way that it is. We're laughing at you because you, most of you guys are full of shit, okay? And and maybe it's time to hurt a few more feelings here, but I, I, I've, I've said this before on the podcast and it bears repeating and I'm going to get a little bit more in-depth in it right now. But if you've never been in this business, then you don't know. 
I tell people that shit all the time, and it it irks people to hear that. But you need to hear it. Unless you've done this, unless you've been in that ring, unless you've taken those bumps, you don't know. Okay? And I was part of this argument we were having over the whole uh, anti WWE bashing thing and yada, 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 was that somebody had made mention. That most of the people who bitch about this stuff are people who've never done this and have no idea what they're talking about, which some people took offense to. Listen, just because I didn't do it doesn't mean I can't have an opinion about it, which is true because the, the ending line was that everybody's entitled to an opinion, which is true. Very true. No one can dis- no one can dis- dismiss another person like that. It's very factual. Everybody's entitled to opinion. That is a fact. Colon... Not colon, excuse me, semicolon. That doesn't mean they all mean anything. You guys have to understand that. Opinions, everyone's got them. But they're not all valuable. Some of them are fucking useless. Most of them, you can probably take something from it. You know, it's an opinion. If it's based off of something, it might I genuinely help you. And then there's opinions that fucking matter. Okay? And when I say opinions don't matter, I don't mean that you don't matter or that you're inconsequential or you're just a nobody over nothing. I'm not trying to downplay anyone or treat them as less than they are. But just because you have an opinion doesn't mean that it matters at all, that it's worth a shit. Your opinion, depending on who you are and the topic you're talking about, could be fucking meaningless and fucking useless. Okay, if I wanted to get advice about a health issue I was having with my heart, I wouldn't go to a fucking chef. Now, the chef might have an opinion on what I should do. Who knows? Maybe he's experienced some heart stuff in the past. He's got some advice so he can give me or thoughts of maybe how I should go about this. But at the end of the day, he's a fucking chef. What the fuck is he going to tell me about my health that a doctor wouldn't be able to fucking tell me much better than he could if i wanted to start doing yoga right if i wanted to practice yoga would i go to a yoga professional or would i go to a construction worker who's never done yoga in his whole life could he valid could he come up with an opinion about yoga i'm sure he could because everyone has an opinion about everything it doesn't mean shit it's fucking useless Okay, I'm going to twist this now to wrestling. If you've been a wrestling fan your entire fucking life, okay, that's great. Continue to support the product. Continue to support the business. But the thought process that you can just walk up to a guy who does this for a living and tell them how either the business is or how the business should be, it's laughable. We're laughing at you (laughs) because you don't know. You've never been in the locker room. You've never dealt with the politics. You've never dealt with the injuries. You've never dealt with life on the road. You've never dealt with the egos of having to meet somebody that day and come up with a five-star match and these people could be fucking excited about that. You don't know how that goes. You've seen the product. You've seen what we've shown you in the front of the curtain, but you don't know what happens behind. That's why I love when these people get released from the WWE and people, people are shitting on them. You don't know what happened. Yeah, some dirt sheet wrote some shit up. You know, Big Cass got fired. I said earlier, what are these websites just talking about how he had a drinking problem? We don't know. I don't know. I'm in the business. I don't know. I don't know Cass. I've never met him. We're from the same city, but we, we didn't, we never really crossed paths. 
especially since I don't do anything with <laughs> with Johnny Rods, which I believe was who his trainer was, and I don't fuck with Johnny Rods. So that that right there, we're not in the same fucking circles. So obviously, we're not going to mesh. But but you don't know. You've never taken the bumps. You've never done the road. You've not, none of that shit. So no. No, you don't know. Well, do you have a valid opinion? Hey, I guess that's what you're basing the opinion off of and what experiences you have and what you know. But if you're going to tell me that, you know, AJ Styles shouldn't be the WWE champion anymore because he doesn't deserve it. This other guy deserves it. Ah, we're, that, we're laughing at you when you say shit like that. It's entertainment to us. It's a joke. And then sometimes, you know what, I, I'll take it, a, I shouldn't, but I'll take it a step further. There's people in the business that don't know because they're not really in the frat. Like it's a very, like it's a very touchy subject with people, especially sometimes in the building, because uh, in, in, the, in the business, because I've said this before, unless you've been in the ring, there's a certain level of respect you can attain. And there's a lot. I mean, you can still be respected. If you're in this business and you're working and you're getting people in the business over and, and you're really contributing, obviously we respect you. You're you're on the bus, you know, but that doesn't mean I'm going to sit with you. I'm going to sit with my brethren, okay? There is a bond shared amongst wrestlers that makes the boys different from management or from the cameraman or from even the referees at times. There is something about being a part of the group that is different. And sometimes people get in their feelings about that. Well, I never took a bump, but, you know, I don't have to, like, like promoters who've never been wrestlers. You know, it's like if I had a choice between a promoter who's never been a wrestler and a promoter who's been a wrestler, you know, I'm by nature, I'll start to steer toward the wrestler. Now, that doesn't mean that he's the better promoter. The other guy might be the promoter, better promoter, and I'll figure that out. But my natural instinct, I would have to turn off my natural instinct to go with the non-wrestler. Because the wrestler is, that's where the frat is. That's where the connection is. A guy, you know, people who've never bumped, but they're in the business, they still make sacrifices. They sacrifice their time. They sacrifice their stress, their sanity. For God's sakes, it's not easy to be in this business. They sacrifice a lot. But that's not the same sacrifice as the boys and the girls in the ring. That's not the same sacrifice as breaking your leg. It's not the same sacrifice as bleeding and tearing and sweating and giving your all physically in the ring. There is a bond there. So I always say all the time is I would rather, unless you've been in the ring, you're not in the frat. And I tell people that and I get bitched at all the time for it. Oh, that's not right. I'm still one of the boys. No, you're not. You're not. Unless you've been in there, unless you can look another man in the eye and punch him in the face and get punched in the face. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not less to the point where you don't deserve our respect. It's not less to the point where we make fun of you or we treat you as an outsider. No, you're in the business, man. Like I said, you're on the bus, but you're sitting somewhere in the front by the bus driver and the teachers, man. The boys are in the back. You know, that's how this is going to go. You know, and some people feel different than I do. I'm just giving you my opinion. It's my fucking show. I'm giving you my fucking opinion about it. And I've always felt that way. The boys are the boys. It's always been the boys. And I know that for a fact because that's how I grew up in this business. And that's where I've always strived. I've always strived to be a part of the frat. You know, I've always wanted to be one of the boys. That's why I was always so willing and sometimes maybe too willing to give my body up because those are the sacrifices that get you in. You give your body to the next guy so that he can get over. There's a bond there that will never be broken. There's guys that I absolutely despise in this business. But if we got in the ring together, it would be 
it would be nothing but peace and good harmony because we're trying to both get out of this alive. And we're professionals and we're going to work this. And we would be able to work it because I'm one of those kind of performers. I'm going to give myself to you. As long as you take care of me and I'll take care of you, we'll get through this. And there's, there's where that bond is. Okay, It's like being in the military. You know, If you were a secretary in the military, technically you're still in the army, but you don't share the same feelings and bond that the boys who were out in the shit when they come back covered in blood and mud, those motherfuckers are bonded for life. That's what it's like here. Two wrestlers beat the shit out of each other, beat the fuck out of each other for the entertainment of 40 people or 40,000 people. When they get back in the locker room, brother, that's a fist bump that's going to last forever. You know? You might be talented as shit, but if you never took a bump, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. You're not in the frat. You're not. You're not in the group. You're, you're in the business, but you're not really in the group. And it's tough. There's a lot of people sometimes that have to gratiate themselves. They have to do different things to get into the group. I'm not saying it's impossible to do so, but you're going to have to give up. You're going to have to sacrifice to get in. So, so that's my thoughts on all of that. Again, you guys are free to disagree. You guys are free to take it any way that you'd like. Uh, one more thing before we go. I want to talk to you guys real quick about this NXT UK thing. We talked about it just now about the UK brand and the, um, excuse me, the NXT brand and how it's been doing. And uh, now they've announced Triple H and Johnny Saint at a house show over in, uh, in the UK. They did a, The announcement originally was just to, for another tournament, which I thought was fucking pointless because the purpose of the first tournament was to get a brand going and a network of things happening and it never took place. And then, uh, this kind of floated, and Tyler Bate was the champion, and they had a championship, and Pete's had a champion. It's been the champion for God knows how long. Almost a has it been a year yet? It's been it's got to be over a year at this point, right? He's been champion for like fucking for. He was champion of Chicago one, and we just did Chicago two, right? So it's been a long fucking time. But the brand kind of went nowhere. It was dead in the water, and now we're we are full-fledged brand here we're doing a uk deal where they're going to have its own roster it's going to have its own talent it's going to have its own championships we already have a world champion and pete dunn but now we're getting tag team championships and women's championships and tony storm is online right now uh to be competing for the nxt championship so there's a lot of shit going on right now for the uk stuff and the brand and there's going to be a lot of stuff going on uh, over the pond with that. The global expansion stuff is really good for the WWE. It's becoming a real uh, global brand, so I'm really happy for them. Uh, it sucks that the UK still can't get a major pay-per-view, but baby steps will get there. I think getting their own brand right now is going to work out. Uh, my wife had a very good point when she heard the news. She felt like the WWE was over-expanding itself. I don't think it's over-expanding itself because the WWE is not doing this. This this system is already in place. ICW and all those other companies that are out there over in the UK that were doing their thing, they were already working with each other. They were already getting each other. Rev Pro, they were already having some sort of unity amongst each other. They were treating it like an old-school territory. They were all on good terms, making good money with each other, exchanging talent, going back and forth. They had a system in place already. Triple H just bought it. That's all he did. It's already a working factory with all its moving parts. It's already doing all that stuff. The only difference now is when they put those shows together, it has a WWE logo at the bottom of the screen. That's it. That's it. The WWE is going to be infusing these companies with money, uh, crossover talent there's gonna be different opportunities for promotion it's a, it's better business for literally anybody and i don't think they're overextending because again they're leaving it to the people who are already there 
So it's not like a situation where they have to now uproot or have new hires and extend. It they're just it's it's already in place. It's why it's in the UK and why they chose the UK first. I'm sure there's going to be this is the first of many situations where this is going to be the case where they're just going to start infiltrating these different countries and putting out these different brands and trying to see how this all works together. So this is the beginning steps to an eventual global takeover I'm seeing here. But I'm looking forward to it. There's going to be a lot, an influx of all new talent coming in, and I and I can't wait. More challenges for Pete Dunn. I'm glad to hear that as well. So we're going to have all kinds of shit going down. The NXT brand is exploding. The WWE brand is exploding. So stop hating on it, you fucks. Stop hating on it. WWE for life, baby. Yeah. All right, so thank you guys again for listening. AJOUM.Podbean.com. If you can't catch me on Podbean, you can also catch me on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, the Cashbox, CastBox.FM, and Listen Notes. Uh, we got some other stuff. I was telling you, once this swimming shit is over, I'm going hard body this summer on a lot of promotional stuff. Um, there's a video, I think a video or an audio, one or the other. There's going to be some sort of commercial being put out for the uh, for the show concerning sponsorship. Um, I'm going to be opening up the doors to that. I've been kind of uh, hesitant of that because um, I wanted to build an audience. I didn't have an audience at the beginning of this, so I've been kind of hesitant on doing this. But uh, I've gotten some opportunities recently, some people very interested, so I want to open it up to the public. If you guys want to be a sponsor on the show if you've got anything you'd like to promote um hit me up let's talk business let's talk this out and see what we can do again uh, i'm currently over 1300 downloads i'm in 11 countries right now actually as a matter of fact if you're listening to this there is someone in korea who's been downloading like a bunch of episodes like in a row like it seems like every other day it's a bunch of episodes whoever you are in korea please message me i would love to speak to you because apparently you're listening to the show a lot which means I'm doing something right. If you're listening to this one, please message me or email me, ajorsini96host at gmail.com. I would love to know who you are because I have a feeling there's one person because I'm getting like very similar IP addresses. So I think it's one person in Korea who's just repeatedly downloading and they're different episodes. They're not like repeat episodes or they're just going through the list here, which is great. It's awesome. Thank you. I just I would love to thank you personally. So please email me. Um, also in Australia, uh, downloaded a few more episodes this past week. It's really been jumping up. Please, if you're from another country, I'm going to put a blanket statement out. If you're from another country and you're listening to my show, thank you email me or message me or whatever contact me i would love to speak with you <laughs> and thank you personally for for listening and downloading to the show tell your friends to download as well so thank you guys thank you for listening thank you for downloading thank you for sharing and of course thank you for enjoying hey, my house. listen to my daddy's soul listen to the SMI.